Our Father, you sit as the king over your universe in the highest place. And we pray that you will help us to see what difference that makes when it comes to obeying you and in telling others to obey you. And we pray for your help as we study the Bible in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Exodus chapter 5. Afterwards, Moses and Aaron went and said to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice? And let Israel go. I do not know the Lord. And moreover, I will not let Israel go. Then they said, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Please let us go a three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence and or with the sword. But the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you take the people away from their work? Get back to your burdens. And Pharaoh said, Behold, the people of the land are now many, and you make them rest from their burdens. The same day Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters of the people and their foremen, You shall no longer give the people straw to make bricks, as in the past. Let them go and gather straw for themselves. But the number of bricks that they made in the past, you shall impose on them. You shall by no means reduce it, for they are idle. Therefore they cry, Let us go and offer a sacrifice to our God. Let heavier work be laid on the men, that they may labour at it and pay no regard to lie words. So the taskmaster, the foreman of the people, went out and said to the people, Thus says Pharaoh, I will not give you straw. Go and get straw yourselves, wherever you can find it. But your work will not be reduced in the least. So the people were scattered throughout all the land of Egypt to gather stubble for straw. The taskmasters were urgent, saying, Complete this work and do your daily task each day, as when there was straw. And the foremen of the people of Israel, whom Pharaoh's taskmasters had set over them, were beaten and were asked, why have you not done all your task of making bricks today and yesterday as in the past? Then the foremen of the people of Israel came and cried to Pharaoh, Why do you treat your servants like this? No straw is given to your servants, yet they say to us, Make bricks. And behold, your servants are beaten, but the fort is in your own people. But he said, You are idle. You are idle. That is why you say, let's go and sacrifice the Lord. Go now and work. No straw will be given you, but you must still deliver the same number of bricks 
the foremen and the people of Israel saw that they were in trouble when they said, you shall by no means reduce your number of bricks, your daily task each day. They met Moses and Aaron who were waiting for them as they came out from Pharaoh and they said to them, the Lord look on you and judge you because you have made us stink in the sight of Pharaoh and his servants and have put a sword in their hand to kill us. Then Moses turned to the Lord and said, O oh Lord, why have you done evil to this people? Why did you ever send me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to this people. And you have not delivered your people at all. We're well, going to be looking at that part of the Bible. I didn't think anybody's going out, are they? So we'll probably stay in and uh, look at it together. I'll tell you what, uh, if I can just use that, that'd be all right. Um, and here's the question I want to uh, start with. Uh, what do you do when you obey God and things get worse? Yes, last Sunday we had five people being baptized. Fantastic Sunday. And then what would happen if uh, after the baptism everything started going wrong last week and people come and tell you, I've had such a hard week after I got baptized. That was Osiris getting his cold. Maybe other people uh, finding it really hard. Farah, uh, the day after, uh, gets ready to uh, get evicted from his house. You obey God and everything goes wrong. And maybe you think, well, maybe we are not God's favourites after all. Maybe we just... He's left us. We've obeyed him and he's, everything's not working. But in the goodness of God, when that happens, this week we are studying Exodus chapter 5, where you have two men who obey God and it goes wrong. We're going to learn from that story and we're going to learn first from the God who gives commands and then the second thing we will meet, the man who does not know God. Okay, first, the God who gives commands. This is the God who speaks to the man who normally gives commands. Pharaoh is the person who gives commands and he could tell Moses and Aaron, I command that you be struck down. And they've got to go to this man and give him God's commands. Verse 1. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, let my people go that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. You'd expect Moses to be a good uh, salesman and to give uh, Pharaoh lots of uh, incentives. Ah, Pharaoh, if you listen to God, everything will be fantastic in your country. If you don't listen to God, everything will start going wrong. Please 
listen to God. Uh, it will be good. He doesn't give reasons like that. Instead, he talks straight about uh, not the benefits that will come his way, but the only incentive he gives is to show who this God is. This is the Lord. This is Yahweh. The God of Israel. The incentive is all to do with who this God is, not what Pharaoh is going to get out of it. And the command points to the future. This God is going to have a feast. And that is what this God intends to happen. Nothing will stop what God says about the future. Now, my friends, this is our God today. This is how God works. And if we are going to be his servants, then we have to explain that this is what God is like. And the gospel, when God gives us a message to give to other people, the gospel is not an invitation. Oh, please, please become a Christian. No, the gospel is a command. This is God. And when Jesus comes... This is how he speaks. Marcus uh, chapter 1, verse 15. Um, the kingdom of God is here, says Jesus. That is the future. I'm giving you the future. The kingdom of God is here. Now repent. Stop thinking the way you used to think about God. Repent and believe the gospel. Treat Jesus as king. The only way you can treat him if he is God. Nothing else will do. And so that is a straight command. No miracles. The miracles come later. Moses does miracles. But it is to show people how stupid it is not to believe. And when the miracles come, they realize that unbelief is even more stupid because this is a God that can do anything. So miracles really are to show how silly unbelief is, but you become a believer or you are not a believer just by how you respond to what God says. His command. And uh, that is how people believe. Now, we need to think about this because we go on the, on, the, on the estate and we knock on doors. And normally we can say to people, hey, become a Christian? Fantastic. It opens the door to new relationships with people in a wonderful, close way. And that's entirely true. But when we go to speak, speak to people on the doorstep, we need to be able to explain, look, we are coming and we want to tell you about our God who, in the end,
tells us what the future will be. Now, that doesn't mean that we are bossy, that we are commanding. We can be gentle, must be gentle, we must be respectful, but we need to say, my friend, what Jesus says is that his kingdom is coming. Will you please change the way you have thought about him in the past and obey the gospel and follow him into the future? This is what Jesus commands you. How will you react to this God who speaks like this? How, how, how will you react to him? And so gently we need to say, this is a God who says uh, how people should be. Even though this God already told Moses, chapter 3, verse 19, he's already told Moses what Pharaoh will do. Uh, but I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless compelled by a mighty hand. So Moses knows what the pushback is going to be. He knows the Pharaoh won't listen, but he still has to take God's command to him. And we need to be clear that in our own way, this is what a messenger from God has to say. And we need to be clear about that as well. So the first point that we have to make is that, the God, that we represent a God who gives commands. But the second thing we meet is the man who does not know God. That's what he says in verse 2. But Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord. And when this man says that he does not know the Lord, what you see is that what God commands him to do shows you what his heart is like. Brings out three reactions. First reaction, he becomes suspicious of the messenger. He says, you, you want something out of me, don't you? Verse 4, Moses and Aaron, why do you take the people away from their work? Go back to your burdens. In verse 8, this worship malarkey, that's just to stop people working. In verse 17, you are idle. You are idle. You won't work. <coughs> so, when people meet the messenger of God, they say, huh, what's in it for you? You're only telling me this because you want something out of me. And they won't listen. The second thing is that when people hear the rest of God and they res respond, you see that ultimately they cannot respond in a way that is fair. They didn't just simply say no to Moses. Again and again and again, you see how they are not fair in verses 7 and 8. Do more work. We won't help you with straw. Same work. Keep 
the bricks coming. Verses 7 to 8, verses 10 to 11, verses 13 to 14, verses 16, beating them up. There is no fairness in the way that they respond, in uh, the way they live. Now, this man is very clever because what he's trying to do is to stop Moses and his people working together. He wants them to hate Moses, and they do. In verse 21, they uh, say, you make us stink to Pharaoh. We don't like you anymore. So he's a very clever man. He wants to separate Moses from the people and put them onto two different sides. But in the process, he is unfair, unfair, unfair all the time in the way that he deals with people. People who do not know God, that is another part of their response. And then worst of all, in verse 9, he thinks God is a liar. In verse 9. He says, pay no attention to lying words. God says, this is going to happen. No, it's not. You are just going to have to like it. You are just going to have to stay here and work and work and work. What God says? Lies. The future? Lies. God's commands? Lies. That will never happen. Now, <laughs> we need to work out how we can learn from this in our little church. The first thing we need to think, if someone maybe is not Christian, maybe they're listening to this on our website, maybe it is someone who uh, doesn't really go to church very much, but they are thinking, how can I become a Christian? Why should I become a Christian? And this chapter has a very simple encouragement. There is a God who commands, and we need to listen, because he really is God. And he really says, the kingdom of God is here. It's coming. The future is his kingdom. Therefore, we have to stop thinking the way we used to think about God and think of God in a new way as our future king. He is the Lord. He is Yahweh. He is the God of Israel. Please don't be like Pharaoh. Please, would you follow him? What happens if you are already a person who goes to church? And it is easy, isn't it, for church to become cozy club. We are with friends and we have food and everything is nice. Warm room, come enjoy church. Except, remember what uh, Moses and Aaron had to do. They had to talk to people about the God who commands. 
And in verse 3, Moses and Aaron say, we must do this, otherwise the sword and God's judgment might come on us. Lest he falls on us with pestilence or with the sword. We can't stay at home and keep quiet about this God. We must talk about the God who gives commands. Otherwise, it will be really hard on us. And if we are to follow the God who gives commands, and God has commanded us to go out and make disciples, then like Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. Friends, we are very, very fortunate to be in a church where there is this encouragement tomorrow morning to start making Jesus attractive. Last week, baptism. When you live, make Jesus attractive to other people. Because that is our one big mission. We are not here just to be a cozy club. We are a mission station. And we need to be full on in the way that we want to help other people to come to the God who gives commands. What happens if you and me, we want other people to listen to the God who commands, but they won't. Our friends, our family, we really want them to be Christians, but they won't. What do we do? Well, verse 22 is the answer. Moses goes and he prays. Verse 22, Moses turned to the Lord and said, O Lord, why have you done this evil to his people? Why did you ever send me? I want to talk to you about the way people are not listening. Now, my friends, that is not just prayer. That is expectant prayer. That is praying, God, this is what I'm expecting you to do, but it hasn't happened. Why? That shows we take God and his power seriously. Now, look, people talk about expectant prayer when it comes to different things. Okay, I want a BMW. Let me pray with expectant prayer. I get my BMW. No. Sorry, but no. Okay? But you can pray expectant prayer when it comes to asking people, asking God to keep his people safe and to add to the number of people that he is keeping safe. And he is good to pray the way Moses prays. Lord, we are on this estate. We want people to become Christians, but so few are listening. Why? Do something. Make it happen. Pray. Don't take no for an answer. Cry out to God that there will be people who will be saved on our estate. Long for that to happen. Pray for that to happen. And pray expectantly for that to happen. Those are the things that we need to remember from uh, this uh, passage. I'm going to 
take any questions that you might have in a moment, but why don't we just first spend one minute praying that maybe if you are not a Christian, you will say, God, I want to obey your commands from now on. I hear that you are the God who gives commands. I don't want to be a Pharaoh. Maybe that you are someone who likes coming to Cozy Club. And you say, Lord, help me to go and speak that other people might follow Jesus and listen to what he says. Maybe you are a person with a family who is not a Christian. I have people like that in my family. Well, let's start thinking through how we might ask God, please make a difference. We want things not to go like this. We want people to take you seriously and listen. Let's, maybe one minute, just talk to God and then we'll talk to each other. Let's talk to God first. up let's pray our father we really do want to cry out to you tonight that there will be many on our estate who turn away from being like Pharaoh and we pray that even people listening to this talk tonight might not think that uh, Christians are out to get anything themselves by talking about you. Or that they might not uh, think that uh, just uh, living as they would like, however unfair that might be, that that's going to be allowed. Or that people might think that it's okay to say God's a liar by not believing his future will happen just the way he says. Please, Lord, help people in our state not to be like Pharaoh in those ways. And please help us with all gentleness, with all respect, with massive amounts of love to come to people that we might uh, meet and to represent you well as the God who tells us to repent and believe the gospel because you are the king and your kingdom is at hand. Please help us to uh, speak well and bring others to listen. For the glory of your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.